The presenting sponsor for this episode of the Autism Dead podcast is C&Me. It's not easy to trust anyone with your vulnerable loved ones. When my kids were younger, I was terrified of leaving them with anyone outside a close family. I worried that my kids wouldn't be understood or have their needs met by anyone who didn't really know them. I've had so many conversations with other parents over the years who feel the same way. It's tough. It really is. And I get it. For anyone going through this right now, I have good news for you. C&Me can help. C&Me is a card that uses NFC technology and QR codes to allow teachers, caregivers, healthcare workers, and even first responders to instantly learn about your loved one. The profile you create for your loved one will pop up on their phone screen and provide valuable information that can make interactions in any setting personalized and positive. C&Me was designed by Dr. Risa Stein, a mother to a neurodivergent son and a clinical psychologist. She designed C&Me to help with her own family, and it can help yours too. You can learn more about C&Me by visiting cnme.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-M-E.com and use the code theautismdad to save 20%. My name is Rob Gorski, and welcome to the Autism Dad podcast, where we talk about all things related to autism and parenting and education and self-care and mental health and all that kind of stuff. Uh, because it's important and it matters. It matters in my life. It matters in your life. This is the show that you go to when you want to hear from parents who talk about their experience and their stories and experts who help us better understand what's going on and, and can teach us things about uh, our kids or our loved ones that are beneficial to both us and them. So thank you for taking the time to tune in. I really do appreciate that. My guest today is Tiffany Hamilton. She's an amazing mother to an amazing autistic teenage son named Isaiah. And she's here today to talk about her journey as a parent, talk about her son Isaiah, as well as the company that they co-founded together called Victorware. We are gonna have a conversation about the inspiration behind the creation of Victorware, what Victorware is, what their goals are, how her son Isaiah is involved, and what she wants to see Victorware be able to do for the autism community. So thank you very much, Tiffany, for taking the time to come on the show. Could you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, and thank you so much for having me, Rob. I am Tiffany Hamilton, president and CEO of Victor Wear. And Victor Wear is our inspirational activewear brand uh, created with the goal of providing um, employment and empowerment to the autism community. What is your connection to the autism community? My son, my baby, <laughs> Isaiah, who is also a co-founder of Victor Ware. He has high-functioning autism, and our autism journey started at 12 months old. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yes. I, I, Well, he was diagnosed later, but our therapeutic journey started at 12 months. Gotcha. Um, but he is the inspiration, and um, now that he's 16, of course, I am focused on his transition to the working world, to college, and just being aware of the horrible statistics around unemployment um, in the autism community, unemployment and underemployment. I wanted to be the change and make a difference and absolutely secure my son's future. So that is really what inspired me to create this business with him that we want to grow and and we're aspiring to be a leading employer of the autism community. That's ambitious. <laughs> and that's very, very cool. I admire that. Before we get into Victorware, I always like to kind of get a sense for what your journey has been like. Um, because a lot of people out there listening, a lot of times feel like like they're alone and they feel isolated or that people don't understand or there's no one that can relate to what they've been through. And so what you said your therapeutic journey started at, at 12 months. Yes. Was there, did you start noticing 
signs at, at 12 months and that? I did. Absolutely. Um, so the signs I noticed were just, I mean, they, they were pretty mild. I was a first time mom. So, you know, again, I was like <laughs> looking at, you know, everything he did like with a magnifying glass, but at 12 months, he was not walking or crawling. He, he actually started scooting at 12 months and I don't know. I just thought it was odd. And I really, you know, pushed my, my, the, my pediatrician wasn't worried like at all. Isaiah is really tall. Like now he's six, four. <laughs> he was, just, oh, wow. he was always tall and he just thought, okay, he's going to be a big kid. Like, you know, don't worry, give it time. But I really pushed him um, to get a developmental evaluation uh, for Isaiah. And at that time he was diagnosed with developmental delays and that was 12 or, or 13 months. And so we started with PT, which was nothing. And he started, you know, walking like a few months later. It, you know, it they they progressed so quickly. But then, you know, then it transitioned to, you know, fine motor skills. So occupational therapy, then mm-hmm. sensory processing therapy, and then speech therapy. So long story short. At around age four, I believe that I think his developmental evaluation was normal at that time, but I still knew that he had these other things going on. And so I continued, the child has basically had nonstop therapy since he was a year old. So we continued with the sensory processing therapy and, and with speech and particularly like pragmatics and social skills. So I feel like I'm rambling, but um No, you're doing fine. I, I I was I was thinking about I always love when I have these conversations because it takes me back to to my kids. And when you're talking about therapy since he was little, my son had therapy last night. He's 16. And my oldest is 22. He still has therapy every every week. Well, they all have therapy every week. But it's the same therapist for, for like the last 16 years, you know? Wow. And so they are, that's a blessing. Yeah. Because she's, uh, I always just refer to her as Dr. Patty. Cause she's, uh, she's amazing. She's been, she's almost like a member of the family, to be honest. Yeah, of course. She's been through everything with us. She knows the kids better than most people do. And it's a safe place for them to go and deal with things that are bothering them. And, and, uh, the whole reason that we started therapy was because you know, my oldest, is 22 and he was diagnosed in 2005. So he was about five years old and he was diagnosed and his behaviors were extreme. And my youngest two, uh, Elliot was born in 06 and Emmett was born in 08. And we just wanted to make sure that they weren't, th- that they weren't being like lost in the shuffle because we were so preoccupied with the behaviors of one that we didn't, we wanted to just make sure that we weren't missing anything on with the other two. We just sort of kept going. Cause I think therapy is a good thing for anybody. It really is. But, <laughs> Yeah. So not rambling at all. You were kind of, there was a little nostalgia for me to go through that again. And, uh, and I, w- I was just thinking about that. So when, when you found out that he was autistic, like what, how did that feel? Like, was there, was there, um, or did you really have more of an understanding of what autism was prior to the actual diagnosis? Yes. Great question. Isaiah was diagnosed at age eight. So, oh wow. Yeah. I waited I mean, regardless, it was everything was treated like autism, you know, like mm-hmm. all the therapies, education-wise, everything. And and for a long time, 
I, I did not think it was autism. I thought, you know, okay, well, he just has these delays or he just has these, you know, um, social challenges because he would be so different, like with different people in different situations, you know, there is like such a variance and, and, you know, now like listening to myself, like, duh, (laughs) you know, autism, but, um, but I don't, I, I felt at that time. And again, being a first time mom, like I didn't want to label him. I just Mm -hmm. wanted to see how things played out. And with every therapy, he made like enormous strides. Like he just kept going and, you know, just growing. And I thought, okay, well maybe he will like just sort of outgrow these things. But, you know, of course that didn't happen. So I really regret waiting that long to get him diagnosed because we would have qualified for a lot of like, um, you know, like different, like fun, like I spent, yes, services and, and like funding. Like I spent so much money, like, you know, out of my pocket in therapy when I could have, you know, through the County, there's all these services if your child is diagnosed with autism. So I, I would just say it was, it, it was it was hard. I you know for a long time I just thought okay if if we get this therapist or you know if he gets this special therapy or if he goes to a certain school like it's just it's gonna like go away and of course that didn't happen. So I think you know starting at around age seven I really came to the realization that you know this is who he is and I have to teach him to love who he is just as he is. And mm-hmm. this is our journey. Like this, I'm, everything changes from here. And so it was just challenging to accept that, you know, that, that was his diagnosis at first. That's so relatable. My middle child, so we're, we're 22, 16 and 14 in my house wow. and <laughs> all, all, all boys, all <laughs> autistic in different kind of places. Yep. But my oldest was very extreme. I mean, there was a lot of extreme behaviors, a lot of extreme regression and things like that. My youngest was nonverbal and that was really it. I mean, he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't really delayed anywhere else except his speech. And so I had like extreme opposites, you know, yep. one end of the spectrum and the other. And Elliot, my, my 16 year old was, was in the middle. And so it didn't appear as though he had like, there was anything in common between, you know what I mean? And so I Absolutely. was very, I, I didn't pick up on it yep. and it wasn't until preschool orientation when he was in a group of peers. And, and when I saw the way that he interacted and the way that, that he was in, in a group of sort of neurotypical people, it became more obvious to me that there were, th- you know, some things going on and, um, I was really upset with myself for that because it was like, how did I, how did, now it's obvious, but like, how did I, nah, how did I not see uh, that? I, in I moment? totally, I, I get it. Um, that, that's the spectrum. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. the spectrum aspect that, that makes it, you know, so hard. Like, you know, with Isaiah, he didn't, you know, in, in terms of like making eye contact and, and you know, talking a lot, like he still talks, you know, nonstop. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like he didn't, 
fit the, the profile at that time. I always say, like, if you met someone with autism, you've met someone with autism. And I can totally relate to having kids, like, at different extremes. And then the middle one looks, you know. Yeah, it's, it your, frame of, yeah your frame of reference is limited to yeah, what exactly your experience what you, is. Yep. Yeah, so I, I was just, I, I, I was able to relate when you were, when you were, uh, when you were talking about that. It made me think of my situation. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there who are, who have been in a similar boat where they, you know, their understanding of what autism was at, at one point was Rain Man or exactly. um, yeah. extreme behaviors exactly. one way or the other. Yep. And it doesn't have to be that way. Not and a- everybody's different and unique and everybody has different challenges and different strengths. And I think that's what makes it so one of the most confusing human conditions in existence because all of that diversity and all of that, that uniqueness falls under one name. And that's so hard exactly. for people to wrap their heads around. So hard for yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that they, they don't get it. Every, everything like is, they relate autism to like whatever they know, like whoever they know with autism, that's what autism yep. is. And it's just, it's just that it's just that they know that one person with autism and that's the way he or she acts. It's not, it's not representative. And I think we're kind of wired to, um, you know, we, we want like the, you know, 10 second pitch, you know, we want like, we want to just that simplicity and, and autism is complicated. It is, it is, uh, complicated and widely misunderstood. You know, my, since my oldest was diagnosed in 2005, so much has changed in, in the way that we look at it. And yeah. like, I remember when I heard autism, I was terrified. Like I was terrified because it, when, when you hit the, when you hear that diagnosis, especially back then, they're talking to you as though it's like your child has a disease or something that you have to fight exactly. uh, to save them from. And in my oldest case, uh, he, he has, he has a, a, a rare version of autism called childhood disintegrated disorder. And they don't even list it at DSM anymore because it's, it's incredibly rare, but he develops typically until he's about four years old and then just massively regressed. So he changed personality wise. It was like you would, you would swap him out in the middle of the night with, with somebody that looked just like him, but wasn't the same person. And for the people who are dealing with things like that, I can see looking at autism as though it's an adversary. It's something that took your child away. But with my other two, they, they've always been the way that they are. And so I don't know any different. And, uh, you know, my youngest, he started talking at about four years old, hasn't stopped talking since. And <laughs> he's the one that will always, 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 always walk in while I'm doing this. And for some ridiculous <laughs> reason, just, just to whatever. And it's become kind of a, a yeah. thing, you know, people listen to see what's Emmett going to interrupt for today. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we find our way and, you know, with Gavin, I had to learn to, I had to get to know the person that he had become. And that's the only person that I know. And, you know, we're, we're 17 years down the road or something now. And, uh, he's doing really well. We're getting ready to help him, well, I'm getting ready to help him transition to living outside of the home. He wants to have like a, he wants to live with like friends and like, so like a group home type thing where he just needs, he yeah. just needs a little yeah. bit of help. He doesn't need a tremendous amount of help. 
And my other two, my youngest is starting mainstream high school next week for the first time. And my Elliot in my middle, uh, transitioned or transferred from, they were at a charter school for autistic kids and ADHD, uh, kids and learning disability stuff. And his high school had like 60 kids in the entire building. And he transitioned at the end of last school year to the main high school for the County, which has like 2000 kids and absolutely doing amazing. Like best thing. I, I mean, like I was terrified and he just got out of the car and walked into the building. Like, you know, nothing's wrong. And I, that was amazing for me. And I just took Emmett through orientation yesterday or day before. And it's amazing. You know, like I, 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 I I'm overprotective to an extent and oh, of course I'm and between. And I think sometimes my judgment is clouded by that being overprotective. <laughs> and I, I sometimes underestimate what my kids are able to do because I don't want them to get hurt. I don't want them it's to have sad, to deal yeah. with the cruelty of the world. And I, uh, I recognize that they are amazing humans and they're going to do amazing things in their own unique way. And I, I need to get out of the way and let them do their thing. <laughs> so, um, so it's easier said. Oh than yeah. Done. Right. Like <laughs> you, totally. You will always be Papa yep. bear. Um, and I can totally relate. Um, it's the presenting sponsor for this episode of the autism dad podcast is mightier. Okay, so I want to take a minute and talk about Mightier. Mightier is a clinically proven mobile gaming app which was developed at Boston Children's Hospital. It's already helped more than 100,000 kids, including my crew here at home. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know that I'm very big into anything that empowers parents, and that's one of the things that's so great about Mightier. It empowers both parents and kids, and it's all done through play. So how does it work? Great question. Kids play on a tablet or a phone while wearing a heart rate monitor, and Mightier incorporates breathing exercises and other proven calming techniques as part of the game. Kids get to see when it's time to cool down, and they learn how to do it themselves, and parents get to track their progress. With time, those calming skills become muscle memory. All it takes is 15 minutes a day, three days a week, and 87% of parents see improvement inside of 90 days. That's amazing. So check out Mightier.com to learn more about the science behind Mightier and how it works. That's M-I-G-H-T-I-E-R.com and use the code theautismdad22 at checkout to save 10%. There's so much anxiety that I just live with, um, you know, every day just because you, you don't, you can't control the world and how people are going to react um, to them or what they may or may not do. And, um, you just want to protect them. Um, and And, it's hard. I mean, that's our first instinct as a parent to protect. And I think our kids, a lot of times could be misunderstood. Uh, And (laughs) like with my oldest, I can, I can interpret everything that he does. I mean, like I know what his intentions are when he says something or he likes to quote movies and stuff like that because he Mm -hmm. thinks it's cool and whatever. And I'm just like, dude, I get what you're saying. You can't say that anywhere else right? (laughs) because nobody's going to understand and nobody's going to, nobody's going to think about asking you. They're just going to be offended. And you know, we we don't, we don't want to offend people like that. Yeah. Isaiah Um, has the same issue. (laughs) 
So it is, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, but I'm working very hard to never underestimate what my kids are capable of doing because they, they always surprise me. They always surprise me. And, uh, how are you doing that? Like, I'm curious, I'm curious about that because I'm like just crazy overprotective. And I'm also like, how do you, you're a single dad, you have Mm -hmm. three kids on the spectrum. Like I just, how, how are you doing it? I was just having this conversation and I I actually just released an episode today where I was talking about mental health because I've been struggling, honestly, the last couple of months. But I guess the answer to that question is that I don't know anything else. And part of the reason that I have started to kind of let go a little bit and and give them some, you know, whatever space to do their thing, uh, I would like to say it's because I've just grown as a person and I recognize <laughs> that I should have been doing it a long time ago. But it, it, it's more that um, it started out as is more of a uh, I, I became a single parent and I, there's, there's, I mean, I have my family and I have my ex-in-laws who are amazing, but you know, their mom isn't involved in their life. And so all the decisions, all of the responsibility falls on me for everything. And I trying to manage all of that, trying to manage my own stuff, you know, build and grow a business, maintain a house, keep everybody from killing each other, survive COVID, you know, and with my oldest is immunocompromised. So we, we spent 15 months in lockdown and I, I just sort of had to start picking my battles. And as I, as I was forced to do that, I started recognizing that like, you know what, he can, he can use a stove, you know, uh, during COVID, I think we learned a lot about, I, I learned a lot yeah. about what they're capable of doing. Cause they, all three of them now can cook, they can bake, they can, I mean, Emmett, my youngest is like a foodie. He went from <laughs> being the most sensory sensitive eater on the planet to where it was like four things and he would only, you know, had to be made like 10 times to make it right or whatever to this kid will like saute salmon and just do crazy things with food. And I think that's where he's going to, he's, he wants to go into culinary, uh, culinary arts. Amazing. But if I hadn't been forced by my own limitations to slowly allow some of these things to start happening. I, I don't know that I would have recognized it. I, I would have just been, um, hovering, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just waiting for somebody to say something or waiting for someone to do something. And like, you know, don't talk to my kid that way. Like just, you know what I mean? Like you're hype, you're just hyper vigilant and you're protective because yeah. you know, everything that's going on, exactly. they're naive to it. A lot of times exactly. you hear the comments, they don't hear the comments and, yep. or see the looks and yeah, yeah see the looks or, you know, with us, I, I've been publicly talking about this stuff since like 2010. And so we've been sort of kind of under a magnifying glass really for a long time where, where I, I felt like the more open I shared about my personal stuff, the better off people are going to be who are coming behind me. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that path so that, so that people can learn and maybe avoid yeah. those mistakes. And, you know, my kids got involved because they wanted to help people understand or, or help parents understand what their kids are going through, which I thought was really cool. And, you know, it just became this kind of thing, but is I'm, I'm, I'm still learning, right. I'm still learning. And uh, it never ends the learning and each phase is different. And then you have to yeah. learn that phase. <laughs> and each yeah. kid is different, you know? So there's no, there isn't a one size fits all for any of them. It's like three different at the time it was like three different languages 
three different meal planning things, three different educational journey. I mean, it was just, it was, it was crazy with everything. And, you know, it's, uh, if you're not careful, you will burn out, you know? And I think I've, (laughs) yeah, I think that's a lot of where I am right now. Just dealing with depression and anxiety and burnout. It's, it's tough because like I, everything in my life is actually, it's actually going pretty well. Like I have, I really don't have anything to be distressed about, but when you, when you live in that fight or flight for so long, that survival mode for so long, it's exhausting. And yeah. And it, it just, it just wears away at those resources and it's so easy to just keep putting into your kids and not putting anything back into yourself. yourself. And, And you find yourself at a place where like, you don't even want to get out of bed in the morning because you just know how hard the day is going to be yeah, or how hard you feel depleted. the day is going to be. Yeah. yeah. You're depleted. But you know, I, I think, I think it's important that, that we talk about this stuff because if you don't know, sometimes we get so caught up in the moment that we don't see what's happening in front of us. And probably one of the biggest lessons my kids have taught me is to slow down and pay attention to the things that everybody else ignores. And you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to do that. And, and like I said, I, I love you. these. Thank you. I love these conversations because they're, I could have the same conversation with just a random person and they're not going yeah, to understand. understand. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm hearing all these things that you're saying and I'm going through my, my head is going through like this film strip of stuff from when my, my kids were younger. Like I'm, I'm able to put myself in your shoes because I, I, I get what it was like for me and I can imagine what it was like for you. Um, so like I did the blog thing. I, that, that's sort of what inspired all of this stuff that I'm doing now, like sitting here talking to you, you went and created Victorware. What is going on with that? Like how, how is, how is that, um, how is that inspired? I mean, obviously I think we can figure out why it was inspired, but like, what are you doing with all of that? Like, how does that, uh, how does that work? Yeah, so we've we've gotten off to a really good start um, so far. We launched um, on April second, World um, Autism Awareness Day, and we've been really successful with with media. Actually, like I'm here talking to you, and we've attracted a lot of media buzz, and we've sold. You know, we've we've done pretty well. Definitely looking to grow to realize our mission of creating jobs for the autism community. So the more that we can grow our business, that would enable us to actually like own our whole like manufacturing operation and employ folks to to really like run the shop. And that's where we are trying to get. But we're starting out and like I said, we're off to a strong start, but we definitely we're looking for, you know, funding opportunities to grow. I'm I'm looking at your website right now and it's so cool. Oh, thank you. You, you know, like you, I, I can see, well, the clothing line, I can see all that, but you're also educating people uh, yeah. at, at the same time. And that, that's, that's so, that's so cool. Thank you. So what does Isaiah do as far as the business? Like, what does he, does he help to design? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, Tell me me about that. He, this business is like everything to him. I mean, like literally every day, oh mom, we got five new followers. (laughs) Um, He is like my chief brand ambassador. Our goal is 
for him to be the face. Like we're working on that pivot. Mm-hmm. But in terms of slogan ideas, like we collaborate on the slogans, the whole idea for the logo he helped me with. We sell at events together. And so he is always talking to customers about the business and, you know, just really like kind of pitching to customers. And it's been great for him. Like it's been great for his confidence. He's getting experience with, you know, he's learning marketing skills. He's learning how to communicate like with the public. You know, he's, we've been on TV. He won an award, the DC Chamber of Commerce Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And I, it, that was really amazing to see. He met the, the mayor of uh, DC and, and just seeing like how poised he was, like getting in front of an audience. Like, like you said, like you never know. Like I was so nervous. Like my stomach, I'm telling you, I couldn't even like eat. <laughs> And, you know, I just butterflies in my stomach and he just, he just nailed it. And so I've just seen so much growth and definitely, you know, my vision, folks want to hear more from him. So we have a lot of, of things we're working on, you know, to, to make that happen. But at the same time, I'm very nervous (laughs) about that. Like I've, I've really held off because I don't. You know, it's one thing, like I know, you know, folks with the autism community will relate, but I don't want him like, you know, becoming a meme or, you know, it's just, it's horrible online. And yeah, and it's taken me, I I mean, I'm still working through that. I I want to protect my child. Yeah, I totally, totally relate to that. We, when I first started writing and sharing everything, we, we were anonymous, right? I didn't. Well, the whole thing was an accident. I, I didn't, it was like, a, I thought it was like a private journal thing that I was writing my thoughts on and it wasn't private. People started reading it. Parents started relating and it just became this like thing that was providing comfort and support and validation and all this other stuff. And it was very therapeutic for me, but for the first, I don't know, two years, maybe we, it was never our real names. It was all, it was anonymous. Right. And, and then there was a newspaper article at one point that had, you know, had our names and last name and stuff like that. And so then it became, yeah, it is what it is. We just don't release our address. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to. And, and so like there, I, I get what you're saying. And, but it got to the point where like, you know, my kids have been on TV. We've you know been interviewed. I've done commentating stuff and, and they always want to take part in it. Emmett sat here. Uh, I was on a Tamron Hall show two years ago and, you know, he got to, uh, when we were done recording, he got to sit here and, and uh, he had a video call with uh, Holly Robinson Pete. And, oh, amazing! Um, and I've, I've known her forever, but but it was it was so cool because it, like he got to just get that experience and and have have that that opportunity to just kind of do something that maybe not everybody could do. And I, I try I try to let go, but I'm more aware of the things that could be <laughs> potentially harmful yeah, of course. than what they are. So they're willing to just like jump into anything, but you know, I mean, I don't know. The internet's an unforgiving place. Absolutely. And, it's, I, and I, and I get where you're coming yeah, from. It's, it's like forever. Like, you know, once it's out there too, like that's well, and, but the, on the flip side of that, you're always going to have the people who are detracting or the trolls or the people who are just going to come after you because they they have nothing better in their life. But on the other side of that, you have all the people who are going to be inspired, all of the other kids 
on a spectrum who, who will see what he's doing and be like, wow, like I want to do that. Or, you know, you know, they, they, they find inspiration to explore things uh, on their own and, you know, parents learn from each other as well, you know, so I'm amazed at what you're doing. And I'm amazed at what you're doing. This is such a cool thing. I mean, well, thank you. Amazing. And I'm, I'm here for you. (laughs) Thank you. And same. Okay. So, so part of the proceeds from all of your clothing goes to support special Olympics. Yes. Virginia. Tell me about that. Yes. So we established uh, a partnership with special Olympics. Um, So we donate 10% of our profits to Special Olympics. Isaiah is also a Special Olympics athlete. He's a swimmer. He actually won a gold medal oh, wow. recently. Wow. At the, yeah, state competition. So we love, we absolutely love Special Olympics. And we want to support their their mission of empowering people with disabilities. So it's, it's an honor. Wow. That's so cool. You guys are doing this is a really a very cool thing that you guys are doing. We want to grow. How, how, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you said you started it, you started in April of this year. Yeah. What has the, what has the response been so far? The response has been great. <laughs> you know, for this was kind of in my head for a while and, and I str- struggled with kind of, you know, telling our personal story. But once when I would, I work with a score mentor and he was like, you have to, like, that is what you need to lead with. That is that is what people are going to connect to. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally just launched and, and shared our story, I was really amazed um, by how much it resonates. Yep. And, and the fact that everyone, like, seriously, like, everyone I, I talk to about the business, like, everyone knows or loves someone with autism, and so that's how they connect. And, and I think that has been the surprise, I, I think. I, I didn't expect, I, I thought, I knew that our story would resonate, you know, with autism parents, but so many people are, are just impacted, you know, directly or indirectly by autism. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been really, you know, surprised by. And it's, it's, it's just been like an incredibly like uplifting experience. And, you know, the other, the other thing too is, you know, even for the people who maybe don't have autistic kids or aren't autistic themselves, they see a mother and a son doing something very positive, building something very positive, using proceeds from that to help other people who are doing positive things. And it's easy, it's easy to be drawn into that and to want to support that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is really, really cool. Thank you. This is really cool. So how can people, what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, so our website, victorware.com. And we're also on uh, Facebook and Instagram at victorwareco. So victorwareco. Okay. Oh yeah. And the links are on the, the website too. Yeah. So I'll, I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Like, thank you. This is this is a positive thing, and we need more positive things like this. So, ultimately, where do you want to see this go? Where do you want to see Victor Ware five years from now? I want this to be a multi-million-dollar enterprise, primarily run by people with disabilities, autism in particular. 
and and I want uh, Isaiah to, to to be the CEO. <laughs> there you go. I've wanted to, uh, you know, I, I didn't start building this business until way. I've been at this for a really long time, but I didn't actually build a business around it until COVID. Really. Oh wow! So it's only been a couple of years. That's I tried. I tried. I tried not to. I had this weird thing about monetizing what I was doing because I thought like I was just helping people and I didn't want to make money off of that. But then I struggled I, with that too. But I, <laughs> I, I have my kids and I have, I mean, we have to survive and grow and whatever. And the more, the better that the business does, the more people that I can reach in creative ways and more things we can do to help people and whatever. So it's, you know, but, uh, it's, it's something that I have wanted to be able to turn into something that my kids could be a part yes. of, you know, or that I could employ, at least my kids, yes. if that's something that they were interested in doing and, and maybe more, you know? Uh, so I, Same I, thing. <laughs> I, I, I relate, I relate very well to what you're doing and I think it's amazing. So very, very cool. All love. <laughs> Thank you so much. Is, is there any like parting message or anything that you want parents or anybody to just take away from your story and what you guys are doing and your journey and I would say for parents, just don't ever give up. It's hard. It can be just crazy, stressful, but you are your child's advocate and you just, you have to, you have to hang in there and take advantage of all the supports available to you, have a community, a support system, and just never give up because your child is worth it. Hard to follow that. I don't have anything to add. That's perfect. It's very, very good. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and having this conversation and sharing your life and doing all the things that you guys are doing. All of your information will be in the show notes below so people can just you know click on it and uh, you know check out what you guys are doing. Awesome. Great, great meeting you. And thank you for everything you're doing. You too. I'm so glad that I got, I got this email cause that, that's, they're doing a good job for one thing. I, they are <laughs> so good, good for them, but it's, this is a really compelling story and I'm, I'm honored to be able to bring it to my listeners. So awesome. Awesome. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. And, uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. Take care. Bye. Before we close things out, I just want to say thank you to Tiffany for taking the time to come on the show and talking to us about her life and her journey as a parent, her son Isaiah and the amazing things that he's doing, and the company Victorware that they've co-founded together. I think it's amazing to see uh, a mother-son combo doing the things that they're doing. It's inspirational, and the, and the clothes that they're designing are really cool, and they have a positive message. And uh, if you're interested in grabbing a shirt or a sweatshirt or you know whatever. You can find them at victorware.com. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-W-E-A-R.com. Link will be in the show notes below. And uh, again, thank you so much, Tiffany. I really do appreciate your time. As for me, you can find me at listen.theautismdad.com, which is the homepage for this uh, podcast. You can interact with the podcast right there. Uh, You can leave comments and feedback. You can apply to be a guest. You can submit show suggestions or explore sponsorship opportunities. And remember, you can subscribe to this podcast and any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Just hit that subscribe button. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you on Friday. All right. See you. Bye.